This is Bedard on Discipleship with Stephen Bedard. Hello, this is Stephen Bedard. Some time ago, I released a video concerning the allegations against Bruxy Cavey. And now the investigation is complete and it has been revealed that indeed Bruxy Cavey was guilty of what he was accused of and his resignation was asked uh, by the meeting house, the congregation that he was a uh, pastor of, and he has indeed uh, given his resignation. And so I don't really want to uh, dig into the dirty laundry of Bruxy Cavey. And if you're looking for the, the latest gossip about Bruxy, uh, that's not really what this is about. Rather, I want to talk about something that came up in the town hall meeting that they had for the meeting house. And that was uh, a question that someone asked, which was an important question. And that question was, well, wasn't this just an affair? And really, that's what I want to look at. Uh, the, uh, the facts is, have been uh, revealed from uh, the meeting house, from the investigation that went on, is that um, Bruxy Cavey had a sexual relationship with someone in his congregation that they were in a pastoral counseling relationship. And from that, it, it turned into a, a sexual relationship. So we want to ask here, is that just the sin of adultery? Or was there something more that needs to be looked at. Uh, a number of years ago, in fact, way back in the, the 1990s, the church that I was attending at the time had an associate pastor that I quite liked. I thought he was a, a great guy. I always enjoyed talking to him. And I was completely shocked one Sunday when he got up and announced his resignation uh, that apparently he had an affair with someone that he was in a counseling relationship with. And so we were all shocked. Uh, he was not the kind of person we thought would fall into something like that. And so we, we understood why he was resigning and the importance of um, repairing the relationship uh, he had with his wife. And, and we, we understood that and, and he was in our, our prayers. But really, when that was announced, we saw this simply as an affair. This was the sin of adultery and nothing more. Uh, it was unfortunate. Uh, it was a, a mistake in uh, decision-making, but it was an affair just as if uh, a truck driver had an affair or uh, a lawyer had an affair. Uh, if there was any difference, it was simply because he was a pastor and we just expect pastors to follow the rules. Even if regular Christians might let things slide, we at least expect pastors to, to follow the rules. So that's kind of where things were at. But now we live in a different time and there's more of an understanding of uh, differences of uh, power that there are some people that have power over others. And there was a time that that was understood simply in terms of physical strength. And so when we think of rape, uh, very often we think of someone who's physically stronger, uh, forcing someone who's physically weaker. Uh, 
to uh, to be violated sexually. So that's how we have thought of rape. And we have now uh, gotten to the point where we understand there are differences of power when it comes to age. And so uh, a 25-year-old a uh, who has sex with uh, a 16-year-old, that there is a, a difference of power there, even though there's only nine years difference. And in uh, if uh, it was a 35-year-old and a 26-year-old, then that would not be that big of a deal. But when a person is uh, technically still a child, they haven't reached adulthood, they lack the ability to give consent because they uh, are, are just too young. So we, we accept that. We are ex understanding now that there are other differentials when it comes to uh, authority and power and that people can use their position. And one of those is in the relationship between a pastor and uh, their congregants, especially when there is a counseling relationship going on that that person is put in a vulnerable position and they are unable to give consent. This is not the same as just a, uh, a pastor uh, who has an affair with someone outside of the church. They just meet someone at the gym. That would be bad. That would be adultery. That would be terrible. But it's not the same thing as that pastor uh, having a sexual relationship with someone that they are counseling. That would be uh, an example of sexual abuse. And that is something that needs to be taken very seriously. And so, again, I really do not want to drag Bruxy Cavey's name through the mud. Uh, I am sure that he and his family are going through a very difficult time uh, his victim is going through a very difficult time. The meeting house is going through a very difficult time. And I don't want to, to add to that. But as a pastor, I do feel the obligation to uh, put this out there, that this is a very serious thing, not just for Bruxy Cavey, but for anyone. Because the fact is, uh, the only reason we're talking about Bruxy Cavey is because uh, he is famous. He has a platform and he uh, is well known in Canada and around the world. There are many examples of this kind of thing happening all over the world that we don't hear about because they are small church pastors and no one talks about it. Uh, it might happen within the congregation, they might have some vague understanding of what's going on, but the fact is it's always serious. When a pastor has that kind of power, that kind of authority, uh, in that kind of relationship, they've got to take that seriously and they cannot uh, allow that to enter into uh, some kind of sexual relationship. And they might try to kid themselves that it is a consensual relationship, that it is two adults who are just choosing to have this relationship. But when someone is in a counseling relationship like that, they just don't have the uh, the ability to give consent. And even when it's a, a person within the congregation, so this is one of the, the tricky things. What if you're a single pastor and you um, meet someone within your congregation? Well, first of all, you shouldn't uh, be having a sexual relationship uh, with them before marriage. 
anyways, so that's that's one way to, to look at it. But uh, it is a tricky thing. And for some people, they will, uh, if they do meet and, and there's something like that going on, uh, oftentimes that person will will uh, leave the congregation uh, until they get married so that there is no um, abuse of, of power in there. Uh, but that's that's just one example. But when someone is, is married, when the pastor is married, uh, they should not be sleeping with anyone other than their spouse. And they definitely should not be sleeping with someone in the congregation and definitely shouldn't be sleeping with someone that they are counseling. These are sad stories that it happens, and um, it happens a lot, as I've said. Uh, many people uh, give into this, and I, I don't think, even when pastors are, are guilty of sexual abuse in this way, I don't think it's because they are uh, just downright evil, and they are seeking to um, uh, stalk and to... Uh, uh, find victims. I, I don't think most of the time that's what's going on. It does happen sometimes. Uh, but whether the person uh, thought it was innocent at the time or not, it doesn't matter. It is wrong and it's always wrong. So pastors, church leaders, um, we have a high calling uh, upon our lives, not just because uh, we have a religious duty and we participate in leading people in worship, but also because uh, people uh, make themselves vulnerable to us in the pastor-congregation relationship. And we need to take that serious and we need to, to treat that uh, with respect and with love and with humility and with holiness. Thank you for watching this video and I'd encourage you to check out my website stephenjbedard.com. Thank you and God bless.